Boing. The clutch, the thrust, your cock, my butt. Ooh, shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. Ooh, gimme, gimme, gimme. Your lust. The throttle, the glide, you want to slip and slide. Ooh, wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. And side, real high, you ride. My lust. Buenas noches, mis señoras y señores. Es domingo, el 25 de noviembre 2012. Me llamo Sandra Londres. Quiero bailar. ¿Y tú? ¿Y vos? <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Sunday, November 25th, 2012, and you are now listening to Playtime with Sandra Radio, broadcasting to you live from the sunny beaches of Southern California, in connection with Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, Digital Podcast, and Naked Girls Radio. I will start out tonight's episode of Playtime with Sandra Radio with the song Blue by Mika Sneet 66 North.
wakey wakey everyone that was blue by Mikus meets 66 north uh for the next song i'm going to play a song off of uh rock scars volume four called in this moment and i'll be right back with you with some news here we go Wowza, I have no idea where it went. (laughs) I was just looking at it, and now it has disappeared. In the meanwhile, I will play... Darn, let's see. I'll play... (laughs) Oi, oi, oi. Oh, no. Okay, I'm going to play Lele by Axial, and then I will be right back with you. Here we go. Lele, por que tu foi embora? Lele, por que tu foi embora? Por que me deixaste aqui, Lele? Ah, eu penso em tu toda hora. Lele, por que tu foi embora?
Axial. Note to self, learn more Portuguese. That song's so beautiful. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah, so I, I titled tonight's show um, Playtime with Sandra Radio um, and the Party Train to Sin Somewhere, um, kind of in honor of um, this news story I read um, just this evening. I saw a couple news briefs on TV, um, little blurbs every now and again uh, throughout the weekend, but I actually saw in print a bit more details about a party train, um, basically, that's going to be going from Fullerton uh, to downtown Vegas, $99 each way, um, and it comes with food and a beverage, and then plenty more beverages where that's concerned. Um, I guess they've been working on it for about four years, um, and $100 million has gone into it, uh, but it will be another route and mode of transportation for um, Orange County people and those willing to uh, hop along that circuit to go. I guess they're using an Amtrak uh, uh, line that has not been used since 1997 um, uh, in order to take people from uh, Orange County <laughs> to downtown Vegas. And it's going to start out Thursday, Friday, Sunday, and Monday, uh, one trip per day. And then as it builds up more and more, I guess they plan to uh, have uh, even more uh, back-and-forth scheduling. So I guess that's good for those of you out there that commute um, semi-sporadically <laughs> throughout the year or just want to – or would, but it's too complicated to go. Um, it will take five hours to do so, and it's not going to be like a high-speed train thing. It will be normal, standard train style, but it will get you there in style because they have ultra lounges and, like, they're going to be having VIP sections and all kinds of madness. So the party starts before you even get out of California, before you cross state lines. So there you go. That is perhaps most likely why I chose the title um, tonight's show as such. Um, I will be right back with you after a song or two. And I will also be reading a story submitted by uh, Monsieur Le Maître Scorpion um, with uh, an erotic piece that he has written called Birthday Bound. I'll read that just a little bit later in the hour. Um, in the meanwhile, please enjoy this next song. Oh, there we go. Very apropos. I will play Magic Limo by Dive Bomber, and I'll be right back with you.
that was Magic Limo by Dive Bomber. I just want to give a quick shout-out to Big D. I was talking to you on Naked Girls Radio just a little bit ago. Hello, hello. Glad you're tuning in. Glad you like to tune in every Sunday night. You're awesome, awesome, awesome. And feel free to send in a dirty little ditty whenever um, the feeling strikes, and I will read it on the air. So, woohoo! Yay. <laughs> and a happy birthday to um ask like that slash just like these he's um over on twitter at as a z z like that or tips like these on twitter um he's helped me out in the past with promotional stuff for um one of my profiles for my girl fund I'm on there for anybody that likes uh cam action or sending uh, sweet messages or naughty pictures, uh, mygirlfund.com slash Sandrine, S-A-N-D-R-I-N-E. You will find me there. But, yes, happy birthday, happy birthday. Hope you get all the presents your heart desires. And for the next song, I'll play, ooh, I'll play Melody by Ellipse, and then I will be right back with you.
Vivian, where the fuck do you think you're going? I'm right here soon. What do you want from me? I haven't seen Rosemary since Friday night. Last I knew, she was with you. Oh. Oh, oh all you could say is, oh, don't fucking keep secrets from me. What have you done with my heart? Uh, you think I have something to do with her being so suddenly MIA? Maybe I should be asking you, mister. Don't get cute with me. Cut the shit. Tell me where she is. This is no time for your silly little mind games. And why are you wearing the necklace I gave her? You really want to know? Of course I do. Fine. If you must know, I'll tell you. I found her in the bath. A leg splayed over the rim of the tub. Her red hair shaved and stubbly over her plump, vaginal lips. Her other lips were bruised. A shockingly sensual shade of violet. Her fingers were clenched tightly, grasping at something unknown, but decidedly uninvited. Those eyes. I chose not to take more than a passing glance. They had obviously seen it all. But they're stuck. Fixated. Capturing it. Me. Forevermore. And they were judging me. Why do they continue to do that? Why are they still? <sighs> Shall I pluck them out? Oh, Rosemary, Rosemary, Rosemary. Even in death, she mocks me. You should have seen it coming, Stone. That bitch. I just can't help the fact that I love you.
smoking his blunts and drinking his water. It is not holy, lonely host lonely. In the house of horrors who go still party. Yes, to the morning, next to the toilet. And in the same night, have sex with them always. Which is with the sickness and the shit is so great. Profit in the building, bitch, I'm game. Get off my nuts, so overclock home I don't gotta blaze up, blow, blow so diesel While I'm neato, blow up your submarine with one torpedo What up, Nico? I was wondering if I could beat one drum for me, bro I'ma do this shit till I'm six feet below Sleeping on the pillow, I got a big ego Fly as an ego, ego Straight off the top of the cerebro And we know that he wrote nothing I'm private for the three, not Miss Cleo But I'm gon' kill him, I'm gon' kill him Live from the Scylla, Goblin Gorilla Typical. 
criticize Jesse with a wry smile. In the shower, Jesse takes special care in trimming her golden triangle this morning. Will likes her well-shaven, except for a token blonde tuft, and she is indeed anticipating a special romantic evening tonight. It is her birthday, after all, and despite the inauspicious start to the day and the big, lovable ape's morning lethargy, Will always plans a special night on Jessie's birthday. As the water slices over her still slender body, Jessie warms to recall last year's treat. Rose petals strewn over a snow-white bear rug before a roaring fire. The rough red hemp ropes biting into her alabaster skin as Will brought her to wave after wave of mind-wrenching pleasure. Over the years, Jessie has shared with Will many of her fantasies. Rope bondage, outdoor sex, interrogations, threesomes, even gang activity. <laughs> A couple of these Will has even helped her realize on occasion. As the warm water courses over her stiffening nipples, Jessie stifles, oh, sorry, <laughs> Jessie smiles as she finds she's getting wetter on the inside than the outside. A quick blast of ice assails Jessie as she shuts off the hot water before the cold to clear her mind and start the day. Have a nice day, sweetie, Will calls out as he dashes out the door to his waiting carpool buddies. See you tonight. Huh, snorts Jessie, missed. Not even a simple happy birthday, my love, this time. After seven years of marriage, Will was still pretty good about the niceties, but lately he'd been slipping into a bit of a rote routine. Not even a suggestive wink to accompany that see tonight business. Jesse knows he's been under some stress at work lately, dealing with some especially shady foreign characters and his job at the Defense Intelligence Agency. Not that Jesse actually knows what that job is exactly. He's been preoccupied and more concerned than usual about their home security, and the sex has been a bit perfunctory. But even so, if he's forgotten her birthday, this submissive little bitch is going to give him hell. Work drags on interminably. Jessie's newly shaved pussy chafes against her tight jeans as she shifts irritably in her chair and watches the hands on the clock just sit there. The normally arousing sensation is just annoying, even as her nipples tingle under her blouse. My birthday, damn it, she fumes. I should be giddy and wet with anticipation, not stewing about. Like, whether this long forgot, if this is his latest arousal ploy, he's failing pretty badly. It had been an annoying day anyway, with a half-dozen wrong number calls from some guy who barely spoke English and a creepy new janitor who stood too close and kept staring at her tits. He even had the same grating accent as the wrong number moron. Shortly before closing, the UPS man comes by the afternoon pickup. Jessie smiles in spite of her dark mood. 
the guy is a tall, lanky college kid with such enormous hands that she just has to wonder. Too shy to look her in the eye, he hands her a small package. One for you, ma'am. Ma'am. Just a few years ago, she would have been missed. Huh. Oh, well. What is she getting a package for, anyway? She's just the administrative assistant. Jesse signs for the package and watches the cute beanpole walk away with a sigh. Okay, what is this, anyway? Opening the padded envelope, she finds a smartphone with a Bluetooth earpiece and a small envelope within it. A single touch unlocks the screen, which announces one unread message. Tapping the blinking icon, Jessie reads, Be here at 6. Don't be late. Tapping the blue underlined link opens a GPS app with a route to a location across town. She'll have to leave right now to be on time. Ah, so that big jerk didn't forget. Okay. I'll play along, but this better be good. Quickly, Jesse opens the envelope to find a nondescript key card with 106 written in black marker. Room key, maybe? She drops the phone envelope in her front blouse pocket and the earpiece in her purse and hurries out to the car. After a bit of traffic, Jessie arrives at a small but very upscale hotel. She opts for valet unless she'd be late. Her heels click loudly on every marble step as she half runs up the long, sweeping staircase, arriving a little breathless at door number 106. She'd almost completely forgotten, well, she'd almost forgotten Will on the drive over, but still, she planned to give him a hard time once she was on the other side of that door. The key card reader produces a welcome bloop, and Jesse opens the door to a well-lit suite. Well, an empty suite. No champagne, no Will. Entering the bedroom, she beholds a startling tableau. A king-size four-poster bed, black satin sheets, and black straps leading from each bedpost, each terminating in a single handcuff. A black drawstring bag sits in the center of the mattress. Hmm. Well, this is different, muses Jessie to the empty room. It mocks her with a slight echo. Investigating more closely, Jessie finds the straps at the foot of the bed hard anchored to the posts, but those at the head are a bit more complicated. The straps connect to the cuffs pass through some sort of ratchet device, which are in turn anchored to the head post, and the free ends are tied to what looks like heavy sandbags precariously perched on the tall headboard. She'd completely forgotten the smartphone until it began to vibrate in her blouse pocket. What a curious sensation. Oh, yeah, yeah. She smiles, both at the stimulation and the anticipation of her husband's voice. She puts the Bluetooth earpiece in and she taps the green answer key. 
Hello, my big hunk of master, she answers brightly. Strip, barks the stern yet toneless voice. So, not Will. Jesse frowns. What? She she asks. Strip. Remove your clothes. Who is this? No questions. Remove your clothes. Now. The harsh voice sounds foreign, yet vaguely familiar. She doesn't think Will could disguise his voice like that, but she begins to unbutton her blouse and lays it on a chair. She starts to shiver. Suddenly, the room seems seems much colder as goosebumps, goosebumps rise on her bare skin. She kicks off her shoes, and they land under the chair. She peels off her tight jeans and, standing naked, She's oddly self-conscious in the empty room. Immediately, the voice barks in her ear. Sit on the bed and lock a handcuff to each ankle. Placing the black bag in front of her, she clamps on one cuff and then the other. She has to stretch her legs a bit to comply, but nothing she can't handle for at least a little while. The instant the echo of the last click of the cuff dies in the room, the voice returns. Good. Now, open the bag. Empty the contents onto the bed. Scattered between her splayed legs, a small plastic case containing a single foam earplug, a black spandex-looking hood, and a single hole for the mouth beckons. A pair of bright copper clothespins linked by a copper cable. A large shiny chrome vibrator with a large upward curving bulbous lobe and a smaller inward curving one. The vibrator has a short metal cable attached at one end, about 24 inches long, and terminating in a metal alligator clip. Jessie's mind recoils a bit at all this paraphernalia. The experimentation she and Will had played with popped out at rope and maybe the occasional paddle or crop. This was a whole other level, and she was both frightened and intrigued. Obviously, far from forgetting her birthday, Will has put a great deal of thought and planning into it this year. So, with only a little trepidation, Jessie steals herself the voice's next instructions. Place the earplug into your free ear. As the foam expands, Jessie feels her world tighten immeasurably. Now, place the hood over your head. As the voice speaks, the familiarity nags at the back of her mind. Is this the movie actor Will is imitating? No, something else. The hood. Now. The hood is stretchy and tight like spandex, but not a mote of light penetrates this material, nor air. She'll be okay, she thinks, 
that she can breathe just fine through her mouth, but her chest tightens and swells a bit as a latent claustrophobia uh, scratches at her mind, like being buried alive or drowning. In her plugged ear, Jessie hears her pulse quicken and consciously tries to slow it. Now the clothes spin. Clamp them on your nipples. Jessie isn't so sure that she can do this. Will knows full well how sensitive her nipples are. How many times has he made her come touching no other part of her body? Taking a deep breath and clenching her teeth, Jessie opens the stiff, cold copper clamp and slowly releases it on her erect nipple, expelling the first stab of pain with her pent-up breath with a cry. A salty tear leaves a dark trail down her cheek as she makes the pain her own and prepares for the other nipple in just the same way. With a gasp and a sob, she releases the second clamp. This is not like their usual play, but somehow, despite her fear and pain, the submission to her husband brings her an unexpected peace at the same time. This is for him. Through her submission, she enhances the value of his birthday gift for her. Strange that what would be intolerable torture, inexcusable violation at the hands of another, can be so powerfully arousing in the hands, no, the disembodied behest of her lover. And now, place that vibrator into your cunt and make sure to get the small part on your clit. Cunt? We'll never said that word. Always vagina, or sometimes pussy, when he was feeling crude. He was really stretching for this role play. Completely changing his voice, accent, everything. <laughs> Amazing. But Jessie slips the cold, shiny vibrator into her pussy. It was easy. How had she gotten so wet? Resisting the urge to pump, resisting the urge <clears throat> to pump it in and out of herself, she positions it as she was so instructed. Clip the wire to the nipple clamp wire. Jessie hesitates. What is this? Do it, the voice commands. Jessie submits and complies. And now, finally, lay back. Clasp the handcuffs on your wrists. Jessie complies once again. It's not too hard, as the straps are rather loose. And shake the bed. Jessie's not so sure what to do, and just lies there. Use your body. Shake the bed. So Jessie tries rocking and jerking her body to shake the bed. (laughs) Painfully shaking her nipple clamps in this process. When the sandbags suddenly fall off their perch on the headboard, the straps on her wrist handcuffs run through the ratchets and jerk ever so tightly. 
fuck? What was in those bags? Lead? Jessie's arms pull at the shoulder as her whole body is stretched tight. Jessie awaits the voice, but nothing happens. With nothing but her pulse pounding in her ear to gauge the time, she waits, her mind focusing on the dull fire within her arms, the sharper fire at her nipples, and the inert vibrator feeling heavy and full as it pulsates inside of her. The pain evolves in and through her, and slowly her mind bifurcates one part pulling the pain into her, into subspace, and the intellectual part running over the day. A cold, thin line forms in her mind as she dwells on Will's voice, the familiarity. It wasn't the deep familiarity of her, lo- of her lover's voice, but crisper, more recent. Something from recent events. Something. The vibrator comes alive, pulsing inside her, perfectly poised at her G-spot, with the little nubbin screaming on her clitoris. She's been aroused for so long, she feels the first orgasm rising rather quickly. Jessie moans and strains against her bonds, her internal muscles clenching the dancing vibrator. Just as her climax nears, the vibrator goes dead. No! Oh, please, please, oh, please, let me come. Please, let me come, Master. She begins to sob in frustration when the vibrator slowly comes back to life. Much weaker this time only little pulses of vibration. Jessie tries clenching her inner muscles, her buttocks, like when she wants to come with Will, hardly moving inside of her. Slowly, the vibrator builds in intensity, and she finds herself building to a much higher crescendo than before. As the point of no, re- as the point of no return approaches, Jessie is in near panic, that it will stop when her whole body explodes in climax and pain as a jolt of electricity erupts in her pussy and nipples. She screams as her body arches and the orgasm goes on for what seems like forever. Finally, the electricity stops and the vibrator fades and Jessie collapses in exhaustion. Just as she drifts into unconsciousness, her mind whispers its secret. The voice isn't Will. It's the voice on the phone today. The voice with the wrong numbers. The voice of the creepy janitor. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh fuck. Fuck, fuck. Oh 
end of part one of Birthday Bound by Sir Lemaitre Scorpion. Here's your next song. I'll play Elaine by Dive Bomber. Here you go.
And that was Elaine by Dive Bomber. And for the next song, <laughs> um, we're almost at the close of the show, but um, this song is awesome. Um, uh, for the next song, I will play <laughs> Serial Killer Sundays by Kuka. And I will be right back with you. Time, 